Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Mikkel Morrison in Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. You had to think about that one, Mikkel. You're like, <laughs> am I traveling this week? I don't remember. I glitched. Yeah. Am I in Australia? I <laughs> you're just all, you're just globetrotting. Oh my gosh. I still am jealous of you. It's so impressive that we were able to record together when I was over there. I know. There. That makes me happy. I'm still jealous that you had like a, a fan uh, sighting. I've I never know. I wear my shirt like every day now, hoping that's going to happen. <laughs> right? <laughs> Just don't wear your shirt without showering with a baseball cap holding several bottles of vodka, vodka in yeah. your hands. Yeah. You like that the, that one beach boy who always wears the beach boy's hat? Like, it's kind of a party <laughs> fight, but I'm not, I'll allow it just once. If it can attract oh, a... It's totally like that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so um, I would ask you guys what you're up to, but I think we have something more important to discuss this time oh yeah let's skip we, that for sure we have yeah. kind of a, we have kind of an announcement you guys and it's kind of exciting so nick why don't you uh do the honors and tell the people i will awesome so happy to share this um exciting news for all of us to share the whole deeply graphic design team is partnering with our friends at adobe for the adobe max creative conference it's coming up october 18th through the 20th in las vegas i don't think we could in- be more than more happy yeah. You need to say, you say the location with a little bit more gusto. It's it in, it's in Las Vegas. Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> trust me, it was in San Diego last year and it was still amazing. So yeah. you can only imagine <laughs> what they're going to do this year in Las Vegas. I, I, I can't even wait. Like, this is the coolest thing. This isn't thing, in Denver, I, I, Des Moines. It's in Las yeah. freaking Vegas, baby. So <laughs> oh my happy place. If you're holding out for a particular uh, trade show in our industry, this is not only the one, but now it's in Vegas. So it's like, you can't miss this. Uh, again, it's August, I'm sorry, October 18th through the 20th. Uh, designers from like all over the world. Last year, I think the total amount was 10,000 people all in our industry show up and they do this for a lot of reasons, but it's to rejuvenate their work, to rejuvenate their process, their creative journey, whatever it is. Cause we're all tied to this Adobe machine. Max is the perfect blend of like bringing inspiration, magic, practical knowledge, you name it all together. Cause you get to see everything they're doing for the next year. And there's tons of great sessions to go to and explore. So not only will we be there to create like some live episodes and to do some interviews with some of the people speaking there, but Adobe has also arranged an amazing special discount for all of our listeners. So keep that in mind when you do register at max.adobe.com. You're going to use the code 17PDPC, and that will give you the discounted rate. Now, their prices go up as the months get closer to the actual conference, so the sooner you do, the better, just to get in there. But our discounted rate will be uh, valid throughout the entire time of registration, which is great. So stay tuned for a lot more from us. We're going to be talking a little bit and brainstorming some ideas. But uh, I think I speak for uh, the three of us where we can't wait to meet you guys over at Adobe Max this summer. Yeah. And so what the other thing that's cool about, you know, it's not just going there and seeing us. We're going to be doing a few live shows from there, um, kind of out in the open where you guys can interact with us. We are brainstorming, like Nick said, ideas of kind of what we want to do. You know, right now kind of thinking maybe kind of a live listener question thing. You are there in real time asking us questions. getting your experiences at the conference, what you've learned, that kind of thing, as well as maybe interviewing some of the the speakers there so we can kind of bring a piece of the conference to people that maybe weren't able to come. 
So yeah, there's a lot of cool things we can do. And we're also uh, kicking around the idea of doing kind of a live meetup, just picking out a bar somewhere in Vegas and, uh, yeah, for sure. You know, Hakkasan, something like that. Something low key <laughs> like that. Hakkasan. Where a Kardashian that, spends is, their birthday the for $1,000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll be on all of the news. <laughs> yep. Kicking off our little shindig there. But, the the yeah, three of I'm... us and Scott Disick and you <laughs> all together. Because <laughs> you know he's going to be there. So. He's an Adobe Creative Cloud user. Oh gosh, I yeah. hope exactly. So. Yeah, but I, 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 I'm so looking forward to it for so many reasons. But like uh, last year was the first time I ever went, and I knew leaving that we had to not only be there this year, but to spread the word to our listeners a little bit more about the the experience you, you get from these kind of things. And you know, the the best you could do to kind of get it in your budget. We totally understand that. You know, some of you, it is quite a, um, you know, an expense to get to these things. But hopefully with the discount and us being there and you name it, let's let's hope for the best. And uh, hopefully a lot of you guys can make it there and we can uh, meet up. Yeah, it'll be fun. Last time we all – the only time the three of us met up was at the How Conference and that was fun. Mm-hmm. This is poised to be yeah. even better. Um, and when the three of us Vegas, get together, baby. watch out. <laughs> Fathers, lock up your daughters and sons, whatever. <laughs> Nephews, nieces, I think whoever. I'm going to put it out there. Let's Let's get a group tattoo while we're there. <laughs> Ooh, Come on. The squid. Look at yeah. There you go. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Oh. No, but more details to come. Is that a threat? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who uh <laughs> doesn't show up has to bear the mark of the squid. That's my there decree. <laughs> but yeah, we'll keep you guys updated with uh what we're planning in terms of our live show and all that stuff. So and what uh Nick, yep. throw that promo code out once once more sure you're gonna you're gonna go to max.adobe.com and when you get into the registration you're gonna enter 17 pdpc and uh i'm sure we'll put that on the notes so people can grab that from there as well perfect all right cool so on with the show the business of this episode is all about advertising your design business should you shouldn't you um you know we're going to talk about some some paid ways to actually advertise your business, which sounds scary to some people. But mm-hmm. you know, advertising has been an an institution since the dawn of time for a reason because it works. And then Mikkel's got yeah. another, um, you know, for basically free way that you guys can use as well, um, something that she has had great success with. So, um, you know, unless you have all the business you can handle already and you're and you're happy with the money you're making you should definitely consider advertising yourself so i would say the first thing that you need to do if if you're going to be paying for advertising at all if you're throwing money into this at all you need to know your target buyer in a really detailed sense you need to know what their job function is um are they a small business owner are they a small business owner of a particular type of business the more mm-hmm. granular you can get with it, the more cost effective this is going to be because the the ways we're going to tell you about today, I love them. Some I, some I love more than others. One I actually don't really recommend, but we're still going to talk about it just because it okay. might be <laughs> something you want. But um sure. You know, these ways are all pretty cost effective based on these algorithms that the programs come with and that you can target the right people. It's not putting up a billboard for $10,000 a month. It's these really laser focused um, pinpointed ads that are just going to the right people versus to everyone. And you're paying for that. So, and I think that's a key point for the listeners to hear is that if you're a little scared about that, you can really test the waters with these, with not a lot of investment and Mm -hmm. pinpoint directly who you want. And I think that's that's something we got to take advantage of, especially if you're trying to drum up new business and not having a lot of success there. This is a great option to think about. Yeah, absolutely. So without any further ado, let's talk about the first one. We're going to get this one out of the way because this is kind of my least favorite, but it Uh-oh. has to be talked about. <laughs> and that's Google AdWords. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, I'll just tell right out of the gate. The reason I don't like it is I find it's a little expensive compared to these others. And it looks like an ad and people know that it's an ad. Um, not that these, not that the other ways don't necessarily look like an ad, but think about whenever you are doing a Google search for something, you see those, you know, it can be one or four 
little ads at the top, most people are pretty trained to just bypass those um, and go down to the organic results, which they deem to be more authentic. So, and that's going to be a little different than like when we talk about other forms later, because now they've got, they've typed in a search query and they've got all these options that are fulfilling that. So why are they going to choose an ad based on over something that's more quote authentic? So, um, mm-hmm. but there are some upsides yeah. to AdWords as well. Um, particularly if you are a niche, um, let's say you're, you design logos in the restaurant industry. That's your niche. That's what you do. That might be an easier thing to rank for than if you're just targeting the term logo designer, that's going to be expensive. Yeah. Uh, forget web designer. That's like 40 bucks a click or something. Um, wow. Oh yeah, they can they can go up there for sure, um, but you can also target people based on what they're searching for and a, a locality. So if you're more of a local design business, um, you know if you're just operating out of Wichita and you're like want to say go for like a Wichita graphic designer, that may be that may be fairly cheap. I don't know. You'll be competing with Bill Gardner then probably Gardner <laughs> Designs, but yeah. Um, yeah, and he's got he's got the money to throw at it, baby. So um, I actually don't know if he uses AdWords or not. He probably doesn't have to. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, but AdWords can be good. You just have to do your research. And what I would say, um, you go to the Google Keyword Planner tool, just Google that. And then you can go in and see, you can type in your keywords and it'll, it'll give you their, um, you know, other options, other varieties of those keywords. And you can really see what the, the estimated cost per click is. And if it's only you can decide what that's worth to you, you know? Um, yeah. So, but if it's over a certain dollar amount, I would say don't do it. Um, and the other big thing that's kind of tangentially related to this conversation is I would not spend a dime advertising if your website isn't already really primed for conversions. Sure. I tell this to clients it's all the, the time. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's, that's where you're leading them to. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, that's a conversation for another time and we have kind of covered it, but we may need a refresher at some point because things change all the time, but make sure your website is conversion optimized as it can be before you spend any money sending traffic there. But if you, if you're confident in it, that the messaging is good and targeted and it's frictionless for them to contact you, then by all means go for it. Good. Yeah. Good. But AdWords, I've not really dove into too much. It just seems like kind of cost prohibitive to me but i think you mm. i think you nailed it by at the, at the very beginning and saying we're so trained to kind of look beyond those because of them maybe it's the frequency we see them more than anything else uh because we're not on one platform like facebook or youtube or yeah. in, linkedin you're, you're you're always on google i guess in a way so i think you're right i i, yeah. I don't i think i'm so trained to look beyond them and i don't know if that would mm-hmm. really be the right fit and i'm sure i, I the other options we have might be a little more fine-tuned to who we are and who we're going after. So, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like uh, unless you're selling something on Amazon, I don't get it. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I'm you know? so trained against it now, and I feel bad for ever clicking on an ad. So, like, mm-hmm. if, there's, if I tr- search for, like, a specific brand, there will always be, like, the ad version. I'll, I'll never yeah. click on it because I'm like, I feel bad. I'm, like, costing you 50 bucks probably to click this thing. <laughs> so I'll always go down to the organic, but... Because I was raised right, damn it. Yep. <laughs> My mom taught Scroll me that at a very early age. Don't uh, don't fall for the the paid. <laughs> well, they're they're always written so spammy too. I think that turns people off as yeah. well. Oh yeah, yeah. It's obvious. They're always kind of a lot of excla- like a, a lot of exclamation points and like new and yeah, yeah, too much. Exactly. So um, so the next thing I'll talk about it kind of goes hand in hand. It you actually. Uh, start these ads from Google AdWords and that's YouTube. So mm-hmm. this I like a little bit better because it's a little more, um, you know, it, it kind of sneaks under the radar a little bit more. It's not like here's an ad. So basically uh, YouTube is great if you want to kind of get your message in front of people within the YouTube environment. So what I would definitely recommend if you're going this route is don't think of it as an ad. Like don't do not make the ad. Here's my company. 
here's what we can do for you. It should definitely be more educational and should serve, because think of when you're on YouTube and you get those ads, like the pre-roll ads that appear mm-hmm. before the video starts. How annoying is that? You know, you, you mm-hmm. can't wait to like click the little thing that says Advanced. skip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> skip this yeah. after four seconds. So, but if you make it um, really related to a specific search term, that people, their target audience might be searching on within YouTube or Google. We'll get back to that in a second because that's kind of interesting. I just learned this. Mm-hmm. But if you type in, let's say, um, what what do I need on a website in 2017? You know, like if, if people are searching for that and you want to appear for that search term, that's great. But now you better actually have that content in the video. Yes. So because a lot of times it does, it's not there. Right. Or it'll be something yeah. like, if you want to know those those five things, yeah. then subscribe <laughs> to my email list, which is just yeah, no one that's not gonna buy you yeah. any goodwill. So uh, make it yeah. really actionable content that fulfills that search query. And so the thing about YouTube ads, so there's a couple different kinds. So they are the pre-roll ads, you know, that go before a video. And then um, what I what I think is more valuable are the ones that appear, like let's say you're you're watching one video, they'll appear on the right rail. Yeah. So yeah. and it'll say advertisement, but if the title looks helpful and you know, they you might get a click there. So the thing to bring up about uh, Google, which I just found this out and I found it very interesting. Let's say your client was typing into Google five minutes ago, web mm-hmm. designers in Wichita. Now they're on YouTube. And they're just like, they keep the same browser session. They're in YouTube. It's their lunch break or whatever. They're looking up videos. Google owns YouTube. So YouTube knows when, what search terms people typed into Google in that same browser session. And they will show ads related to that within like around 10 to 15 minutes. Wow. Does that make sense? Gotcha. Yeah. So they didn't even have to type that search term into YouTube, but that'll show up there. The whole reason they bought them. Right. <laughs> right, right there. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all a, it's a huge I money-making think, I mean, scheme, that Google. I, yeah. I, I'm sure of it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I thought that was super interesting that when you type in a search term into Google, it'll show up in YouTube later on. I think the, the one caveat is that, like I say, it has to be the same browser session. So if okay. they were to close the browser, open up a new one, now that's all erased. So, yeah. Yeah, but you know, if you do like a cool three minute, one to three minute video that's really actionable, and then at the very end, you can throw in some kind of a call to action, like, "Hey, if you if you like this advice, you see what we can do for you. Go here, and then bring them to your mm-hmm. your landing page." I find people are getting better and better at the that pre ad on the videos of YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, the little thing you can skip. Yeah. And it's funny how even the, the bigger retailers and bigger companies are finding ways to kind of catch your attention. And I think they know they have a certain th- three to four second window to get you intrigued enough to watch it. But it's almost interesting to watch and just on a sales perspective, see how people are putting together digital ads and how they're doing it well by looking at all these examples. You might not yeah. click on it, but it definitely is educational to look at these things and say, whoa, okay, everyone's changing and they're trying to find new ways. Yeah. You know? Well, and pretty it, interesting. And it, the other interesting thing about that too is like this can be really good just from a brand building perspective um, mm-hmm. for just about anybody mm-hmm. because whenever there's those mm-hmm. pre-roll ads, there are several different kinds, right? There's the ones that must be played for the entire duration. And then there's ones that you can skip after four seconds. So if you can get, yes. even if it's not like, quote, going to you know keep you watching, for the entire video, if you can get your your logo and your, like a quick brand message up there in those four seconds, um, that might be valuable on its own. If you can get in front of people, yeah, f- several times that way, then you'll you might stick out. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But I, I like the the right reel videos better. I think it's it's always better to to not bombard people, have them gotcha, yeah. do it on their own. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So Nick, why don't you talk to us about uh, about yours? Sure. LinkedIn uh, has been kind of like a new one in this this area, and I don't think a lot of people actually think of them as the typical spot to go to. But for, but for business-to-business ads, if you think about it, that 
it makes a lot of sense in a ways. And yeah. when I was doing some research and thinking about doing some on my own, I've also just thought back at the some of the response I've got by just being a, a blogger and a participant of LinkedIn has been much more focused because of the business uh, community that's on there. So I just kind of figured, man, this would be the great one for some of us to try if we're thinking of that because we're going after a particular business. But it's one of the best things to think about is right now there's 400 million active users right now on LinkedIn. And that is a huge audience to pull from. Mm -hmm. But its huge advantage is that it's a platform on which four of its five, four out of five members are people who are influenced in the business and the decision-making ability. So you're going, you've got a, a, an incredible group of people who not only you want to target to, but can make a decision because they're in like a leadership position, maybe at their company to say, yeah, I want to go with that, or I'm looking for someone of that caliber of that industry. Yeah. So keep that in mind that the best thing about LinkedIn is these are decision-making people that you're reaching. Um, it might not bring you as many leads. So think about it that way, that the quality of who you get is probably a bit more focused than any other platform. LinkedIn's targeting thing is pretty amazing. And I think a great way to look at it is it has all of the abilities that Google and Facebook and YouTube have as far as you can pick the gender, the location, uh, the income, all these different things. But what you can't do on the others and you can do on LinkedIn is you can target by occupation and by title. So you can go after like a specific person and company directly by the, yeah. the, 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 the way you can set it up on LinkedIn. So I thought that was pretty amazing that you can exclusively target these people at a particular company, a particular skill, or a particular industry. So keep in mind that that allows you a whole other option there, which is pretty cool. Some people have thought that the, the average cost per click on LinkedIn is a little bit high. And that, it, compared to other ones, it definitely is, I think. But mm. you only get, you get, again, this more targeted audience. So if it's quality over quantity and you're paying a little bit more for it, it's worth a shot. Now, there is a minimum uh, that you have to do, and that's $6 uh, is a minimum daily budget um, mm -hmm. for oh. campaigns of $10, okay? okay. In contrast okay. to Facebook, I think theirs is about $0.50 cents a daily minimum, um, as oh. little as $1. So, yeah. yeah, it's a bit more of a premium uh, for the price for clicks. But what you want to ensure is that these clicks that you have are the ones that you're going to want, and that makes it really, really strong. So like Wes said earlier, you want to make sure that you've refined all your strategy, and then anything you're leading them to has to really be carefully thought out to for that audience. So make sure you're at that whatever that web link or that landing page is, that it truly is the answer to what you've just promised or what you've just put in that ad. Yeah. So keep that in mind with um, if it is a little bit more of a for the budget, there is a reason for that. I think yeah. another one of its advantages, and this was new to me, and I, I, I like this part, being that I'm quite novice in doing this, but LinkedIn offers nine different varieties of your ad, and that could differ in shape, cool. positioning, and purpose. So the cool thing is, is you can make, for us specifically, as designers, I think we want to have a little more of a custom touch to what these ads yeah. will be, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so, and it gives the opportunity to kind of test. I was really surprised what? about that, yeah. Yeah, and So it's, so I, it's I different creative that. for the different ads, or it's just different um, sizing? It's different sizing. And it's different orientations and positioning. But one area, though, where it is very customizable, if there's something that really rocks about your content, you really want to put it out there, you can write a small article on your LinkedIn blog, mm -hmm. and that is where the ad could lead to. So you are keeping them in the same you know, system, and you, you're not going out too much. So it doesn't look like you're being sent to some website that's off of the, yeah. uh, the, the platform here. So it could be the blog you posted in LinkedIn or which I thought was really, really cool is you can send them and share a SlideShare presentation that you have. You know how that have any of you use SlideShare on in LinkedIn? It's kind of like mm. the Prezi. You can build a yeah. 20 page PDF on there and you get to put you design 100 percent those ads and those slides. So your SlideShare presentation could be linked to your ad. So now you get to run them through the sales pitch 
on your level and exactly how you want to do it because you've shared something that's already on the LinkedIn site to your LinkedIn ad. So cool. it, it kind of allows you a little more custom customization there and you can take them through a sales pitch, which is great. But although it's a pretty high price tag considered considering the other ones, um, no other social media platform offers this level of targeting because you really can, you know, zero in on that occupation and that title and someone specifically at a company you're going after. So it has some advantages, even though, you know, the price point might be a little bit higher than what you're seeing. Sure. Now, are these mostly, here's the thing about LinkedIn. Like I've, yeah. I'm on there a few times a week, whatever, but I, I don't think I've mm -hmm. really noticed ads. Am I just, are they... If you run for it's not blatant like it is on Facebook okay. and the other interfaces. It's diff it's differently or it's it's organized visually in a Okay. So yeah. are they more like yeah. um kind of sp sponsored blog posts more or less or are they do, do they look like ads when they're done? Both ways. Okay. So you can actually I think the key is to make it more of a post and it shows up in someone's feed. Oh yeah, I would always recommend that. that yeah, that obviously feels a little bit better. All over to the right mm -hmm. is usually a uh, a pretty pr uh, predominant ad that is of usually bigger companies mm -hmm. that have kind of the upper right-hand corner when you're on your feed. So what you right. really want to look for is yeah. something that gets you into the feeds, into groups, into mm -hmm. the organizations that LinkedIn has. So, you know, I, I almost feel like this one's ever-changing in a way. So there's ways to look at it to get in there now and see and play around and see if test the waters. But I, I, I really have this feeling that all, more and more people I'm hearing about is the business to business world. LinkedIn is your, is your solution really, because again, you get the right person. You're under that umbrella that they kind of trust a little bit because of it being LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I, I hope primarily this kind of weeds out a lot of the Facebook ish that we see on LinkedIn. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think it's slowly, they had to understand that it was becoming this Facebook style feed and people were just losing interest in it. And I'm seeing them make a big effort to kind of bring the business person back. And uh, that could be with Microsoft buying it and putting in a lot of new things, understanding how important it is for us to have something as, as strong as LinkedIn, you know? So definitely look at it. I, I, I'm, I would love to try it because... Again, yeah. like I said, I think of any platform and without even trying, I've gotten two to three clients based off of things they saw on LinkedIn. That's great. That's so cool. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I can imagine advertising sounds like uh, a safer bet for me there. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. And I would say this goes for any kind of, um, when, whenever you're doing any kind of advertising, that's not like where there are typing something in and you're finding your mm -hmm. result. If it's kind of more of disrupting their day, like in a, LinkedIn yeah. ad or Facebook, which we'll talk about soon. Um, th the better bet is never to, like I said, here's our company. Here's what we can do. It should always be um, something that's kind of helpful and putting your face yes. in front of theirs first. Yes. You need to like, because what you're doing then is you're essentially in front of a cold audience, right? So you need to warm them up over several interactions. So um, that's, it's always better to do that. And then you can t retarget people that have looked at that ad to get the next ad that might be a little more blatant, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, that's true. All right, cool. So the next one I'm going to talk about is Facebook. So we've talked about Facebook ads before. I love Facebook ads. Um, they So Nick, you said that LinkedIn is the most targeted, which is great. The only thing you said that I think Facebook doesn't do is like going after a certain person at a certain company. But other than that, you can target, uh, oh, yeah. you can target job titles occupations, all that good stuff, ages, locations, interests, income levels, all these things, yeah. which make it just so, um, it's just so cost effective when you can pinpoint it that way. And if you, and, and wouldn't you say Facebook has probably the most data as far as years go because of how much yeah. we were, I mean, 10 years ago, people were just like, well, Google has more, the, they, but they do, yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. But, but specifically, we've told Facebook what we like, mm -hmm. what our interests are, what our hobbies are, and it's real. So I don't know. I just that's what my thought maybe. Yeah, you know? no, you're you're Pretty definitely strong. right about Pretty that. Because Google, what all all Google's really got is, um, you know, your your search Behavior. history. 
behavior, but they don't really mm-hmm. know. You you haven't told Google, this is what I do for a living. This is, yeah. you know, all this kind of, they can just yeah. kind of extrapolate based on what you've looked at. Um, but Facebook is amazing. And again, I'll reiterate again. So if you're going to do Facebook ads, when you're going from a cold audience, which is, you know, if you're coming up with an audience of people based on their mm-hmm. demographics, they may not have heard of you. So to go in for a sale right away is premature and you're not going to do very well and you're going to pay for that because what Google, I mean, what Facebook wants is to, um, they come up with a relevancy score, they call it for an ad. So let's say you make an ad and you, you serve it up to your demographic and you're just asking too much in this ad. Like you're saying, Hey, hire me to do your website today it's not going to go over very well. And therefore Facebook is going to sign that ad a very, a, a low relevancy score because people mm-hmm. aren't interacting with it. So what happens, the lower your relevancy score is the more you pay when that ad is shown. Um, okay. mm. So what you want to do okay. is you want to go in and just provide some value, do a video blog, do a, like a sponsored post that goes to a blog post of yours or something where it's, what you're doing is you're kind of self-selecting this group that might be interested in this content. And then you can retarget once they've looked, consumed that content to see maybe one more like that. And then now finally your ad, as you know it as an ad, you know. Um, so by the time they get to that ad, they're warmed up to you and your brand a little bit more. The relevancy score will be higher because they know you. And now you'll pay less per click. The whole way through. Perfect. Yeah. Um, then that really accomplishes a couple of goals. It lowers your cost and it allows people to get to know you, which it, it takes that. You yeah. Know, that's, you're never going to get someone right away when they're not really looking for it. It's one thing if people are doing a Google search on a web mm-hmm. designer in Wichita. Now they're looking, they're looking for you. That's like, I would consider that a warm lead kind of already. But if they're just, yeah. you know, they're just the, you know, the, the small business owner going through their Facebook feed, maybe the better bet is not to say, hey, hire me for a website. Give them, put the seed in their head, hey, maybe you need a new website and here's why. Yeah, yeah. You know? Would you say it'd be smarter to advertise a more broad spectrum than a targeted thing because you're not getting a person that's primarily really looking for that mm, that's an interesting point what, would, well, what do you think i think you still need to target to your demographic to your persona that you've defined but that's all in the back that's all in the background right that's what you click and choose yeah you choose all that stuff so then you're the first ad which is like let's not even call it an ad let's just call it a sponsored post like something that's there helpful let's call it that for that now sounds better so you're still not going to want to scattershot that out to everybody because what's the point of that you want to go after your niche market and um, not everyone's going to bite, but the ones that do, now these are people that are actually interested. They've, let's say, and you, let's say you've got a Facebook tracking pixel on that page of your website, of that blog. They go there, they read the blog, Facebook knows they did. Now they get ad number two. Okay. Or sponsored post number two. Nice. Then nice. if they read that, now we know they've gone from a cold lead to a warm lead to a pretty hot lead, you know, with, a few pieces of content and now you can hit them up with the offer. Okay. You know, got it. That sounds great. So it's a, it's a little bit of a consecutive, uh, yeah, it's kind of a cascading effect, but, um, good. Okay. And it sounds complicated, but really it makes a whole lot of sense. And it's, we've had pretty good success with it for clients. So good. Yeah. Good. That's cool. I'd be curious too, to ask any listener who's wanting to try this out a little bit, to let us, you know, do it and and build a little case study. See, I'd love to see how it helps a lot of people because I think it's the next logical step if anyone's truly trying to say I'm I'm just not getting enough business. Let me give this a shot. Yeah, it, it's a, it's such a familiar environment for most of us. Why not try it there and see what happens? Exactly. And you just we'd love to hear. Yeah, and yeah. You, you just have to be in the mindset of someone who's on Facebook. They're not there looking for what you've mm-hmm. got, but you no. can sneak in that no. back door. And yeah. really kind of get in their head a little bit. And then cool. all of a sudden, now they're more receptive. You know, so you just, you don't want to yeah, bang them over the head right without away. It being, without it being shoved down their throats. Yeah. You know, as long as you're giving them True. something that they want to see and it will help True. them, then uh, you look like the expert and 
when it comes time mm-hmm. and they're going to remember you over somebody mm. else. So, um, all right, cool. So I've got one more, but Mikkel, why don't you break it up with your, your method? So I took a little bit of it. I'm taking a little bit of a different direction of it. I guess it's more of an angle with this in terms of advertising because, um, I personally for my business don't have experience with paid ads. So, um, I think first it would help to bring up a really recent exchange that I had with one of our listeners, actually. He had gotten in touch with me last weekend to inquire how I have how I have landed both larger accounts and smaller accounts. And by that, um, he meant just a nice balance between nonprofits as startups and then doing support for, you know, the more of the top guns mm-hmm. around the, the Pacific Northwest, so to speak. So, um, and honestly, it took no time to um, kind of share wh- why I think that that's been the case. And it's because I've had in-house agency experience and my means for payment has been making sure that I take time out of my schedule to regularly connect with my people whether they were um, co-workers from a former agency or people that I've had design support experience with. So I don't, I don't close an account, send invoice and think done deal. Yeah. I constantly am checking in with, with these people. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, sometimes it's business related. Other times they've shared with me things in their personal life and I've just kind of knocked on their door once again, just, just to check in and see, you know? Yeah. Maybe have you have you had the chance to revisit your budget? I know last time we spoke that you had mentioned that it would be ideal to bang out the following marketing materials. Ha, have you put some more thought into that? So, and then another interesting component to all of this, of course, with respect to referrals, is so Jason he manages a number of sales um, representatives for his company, and. What makes them successful is not necessarily shooting out to the random public. It's maintaining relationships that they've made sales with because those are the people that have had awesome experiences and are going to make referrals to their friends, their family, coworkers, and so on about not only a great experience with Jason's company, but I I know you're probably thinking about it. Let me, let me give you, let me give you so-and-so's contact details. So it's maintaining, it's maintaining relationships that you've already had successful um, experiences with. Um, And then not only that, this, another example that might help depict what I'm trying to explain here is I had a phone call with a potential I guess it was my chance to kind of pitch, mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. honest, over the phone. And I actually forgot to ask her how she found me. I saw that she sent me in an email info at mkmdesign.com, which is, a, which is available on my um, website. And I just figured that's maybe how she mm-hmm. found me. I don't I, – this is completely out of the ordinary for mm-hmm. me. But because I forgot, um, part of my pitch was talking with her about these other accounts that I've rebranded that are in the area – well, bo- brokerage yeah. is the industry. Everybody knows everybody. Yeah, right? yeah. So all I had to do was say the na- last names of some people that I'm going to be um, undergoing brand brand identity design for. That's going to be featured on my HD TV. They've just gotten way too big. They don't know what to do with it. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool account that mm-hmm. I've landed. And she's like, "Oh, you know them?" And then right then, I I I got a fish hook. Mm-hmm. Right? She knows that if. I've already supported these people that mm-hmm. she has the utmost respect for that are in the same industry. It will, I, I guess it could go either way. Maybe it's conflict of interest. And she's like, oh, shit, we need to hang up. Yeah. I can't hire this girl. Or she's taking into account, hmm, if she's undergone brand identity for this account and the other that I am in touch with on a regular basis – and I've seen the work. That's that's the means mm-hmm. of p- portfolio share yeah. for her. Social proof in action. Social proof in a, in yeah. a way. Yeah, exactly. That's a much more. That's a cleaner way of describing what I was what I was getting to. So, um, that's how I landed the account. 
And that was all by verbal exchange, mm-hmm. but it is under the umbrella of um, referral business in my mind. Yeah. So you yeah. get so you get pretty much all of your new clients through word of mouth and referrals, correct? Mikkel? Mikkel? With the exception of maybe a few, I think that that overall for me and my business is correct. Okay. Yes. I, I'm, right, I'm right there with you with that. And I, I think that's what I strive for more than anything is like that to me is a real natural way. If, if it ever came that I would need to reach out, I know the tools, but I think organically it's mine's happen a lot along the same lines of what you just described. Mm-hmm. And there's something that's refreshing about this that isn't going all completely digital, by the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that, that, that is, is scary to me. Wes, we, we've, we, it wouldn't, there, everybody is aware of this. There's no, it's no secret. Wes is comfortable in this arena. Mm-hmm. He's been practicing it for a long time. When he moved to, to Chicago, he reworked it for himself in a different, I mean, you have been putting this to play for yourself, for your business for a while now. It's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think it's, I think I find discouragement that you submit a job application for something that is right up your alley and you won't get a phone call because you're a needle in a haystack and maybe you'll get lucky. And, you, and it doesn't, it's not, you don't, you don't hear about cold calling anymore. You don't care about people picking up the phone and following up and yeah. saying, hey, I'm just hoping to have my name at the ready on your desk. I'm not sure if you had a, had a look at my resume yet. Remember Christie's story where she showed up? Yeah. Was it a brewery or restaurant? or That was such a I cool story. I think it was story. just a, some kind of random office setting. But yeah, she came with a cake with her resume on okay. it. Okay. Cake. Yeah. So smart. Yeah. Are you kidding oh me? Oh, my God. And she's, who else is doing that? Come yeah. on. That's like... I mean, and she didn't end that up works. getting the job, but um, but she definitely got an interview based on that. And I think for whatever huh. reason, maybe it wasn't the right fit, but she probably wouldn't have even got the interview because you know how it is when you get people sending you resumes. It's like, yeah, you, there's too many to go through. And you just got I hope it wasn't like know, at I... Weight Watchers or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like know your audience. You still got to know your audience. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes get concerned about the lack of experience. You know, for, you know, you and me, Nick, we're not putting this to practice the way that Wes is mm-hmm. on a regular basis. So, so I sometimes get concerned that I'm not enough. And so I'll force myself to, you know, when I get pinged from LinkedIn Profinder to submit a proposal. For example, I'll be active for depending on my schedule. And I don't have people saying, oh, she did great work. The MKM Design did great work for us when we did such and such. That That's not working the angle there for me with LinkedIn Profinder. It's just a, one submittal out of five because mm-hmm. LinkedIn cuts it off after five so to keep these – requests for proposals yes. at a minimum and less overwhelming, of course, which is nothing other than smart. But I, I don't get follow-ups necessarily. Yeah, I haven't used it yet. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I get the me pings neither. and everything, but like, uh, gosh, you know, to me too, and we've talked about this before too, I want less and more quality clients. So to me, I, 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 I'm, a, I'm so fearful of shooting for it uh, in the advertising world in a way because of just what's happening organically and with referrals, but I don't want to discredit what this could do for a lot yes. of our listeners too. Yeah. Well, um, absolutely. You know what I mean? Cause we, uh, the, the, it's really the, the most of our, our questions are in that zone of how to get more, how to get better, you know? So, yeah. Uh, and you know, this is, tool. this also supports the thought and just the well-known fact that the world, each metropolitan area is super, super small. Mm-hmm. People know people. Don't burn bridges. Maintain relationships. You just never know. With this Brent Haven account that we're supporting once again, I I was out of touch with them for a good five years, and then what do you know? Mm-hmm. I'm supporting them again. You just never know. Yeah. So it's almost a, a layer to keep in mind and top atop of everything else that you have to do. That, I think so. That yes. Reputation and referrals yes. have to be happening all the time, regardless it of what else you're doing. It is a means for advertisement. Mm-hmm. It is a means for advertisement. Oh, yep. by far, because when it comes from a trusted person, it's the same way a, an ad in a trusted environment makes someone feel more comfortable, right? Right, and or a recommendation on LinkedIn or a, yeah. yes. 
Yeah. Totally. All good points. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So the last one I want to talk about is a little kind of a little different, but very apropos for uh, for the show. So. Um, and that's the idea of... Yeah. Well, I took a different angle. Yeah. You go okay. for it. <laughs> well, this one, um, it's the idea of advertising on a podcast. So there's hmm. a million podcasts out there. Cool. I'm not even kidding. There's probably more than a million podcasts out there. And they each have a niche of their audience. So this is why if you can find the right podcast that has sponsorships on it um, that your audience is listening to, that could be a great way of doing it, and it's generally a pretty low cost, pretty low barrier to entry to advertise on a podcast, particularly one yeah. that's not like, I mean, if you're trying to get on like, uh, you know, NPR or like, you know, S-Town or something, good luck. But there's so yeah. many smaller ones. <laughs> and yeah. think about it, like a podcast is great because when you start listening to it, you you get to know the hosts and you kind of trust what yeah. they say about certain things. So. If you can find that right host that can deliver your message, um, maybe even do an episode where you're on as the guest talking about what, you know, talking about a certain topic and keeping it super, you know, non-promotional at first, but building to that, um, that can really go Mm -hmm. a long way, you know? Yeah, cool. Definitely. That's a good one. And it's like, I think you've mentioned in the past too, like just uh, being a guest blogger or anything like that. The podcast is a whole other kind of level to kind of shoot for because you're right. I think there's a sense of familiarity or if you might listen to one or, um, and people, I think smaller, uh, younger ones might be very eager to say, yeah, that's that kind of, you're a guest and we're promoting something. There's a cool little combination there. If it's the right fit. I dig that. Absolutely. So like, for instance, like we talk about fresh books on this show and whenever I talk to them mm-hmm. and it's time, like, do you want to re up or not? They're always like, yes, because we get a great response from your show. Like people, people trust you and they, cool. they come through. That's so cool. Yeah, it is. But I mean, I'm not saying that to pat us on the back. I'm just kind of trying to illustrate yeah. that it can work if you get the right fit and you get the right hosts that are yeah. going to you know, talk about it in the right way. So what I would say is do your research, figure out who your audience is and figure out what, what kind of podcast might they be listening to? Would it be like a marketing podcast? Mm. Would it be, um, there's gotta be a ton of podcasts out there geared toward small business owners. There's gotta be a ton of those. So just find one that's got enough listenership and, uh, won't charge you too much more than you're willing to pay. And, just see what they can do for you. I've not, I've not actually advertised on a podcast myself, so I can't really tell you what's well, actually, I mm. did, I did look into this once, um, kind of recently and it, the, the price point was mind boggling. So, mm-hmm. but it was like a really wow. highly rated show, I think. So, um, I think they wanted cool. like 11 grand. Good for, to know though. <laughs> they wanted like 11 grand what? for a few they months what? or something. Yeah, really uh, too rich for my blood, but I'm sure someone will pay it. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, I hope we give you, given you guys some good ideas for advertising. Um, there's a million different options out there. And I think the main takeaway here is know what place people might be in the, the sales funnel and don't try to, you know, jump the gun too quickly. You'll turn people off. So get get them at the right, right stage, hit them with with yeah, good helpful point. information at the right time, then hit them with, um, you know, information that kind of opens their eyes up to what you do and what they might need, and then hit them up with the sale. So, but we've got a listener question coming up. But good first, point. speaking of fresh books, I knew you guys were waiting <laughs> for me to segue to them the last time, but Yay. we didn't. I wasn't going to do that. Okay, so fresh books we love. <laughs> They, uh, you know, just make it really ridiculously easy to use uh, a cloud accounting software. Agencies and freelancers alike can use it to work smarter, get organized, and most importantly, get you paid quickly. Um, you know, with literally two clicks, you can set yourself up with FreshBooks online payments and end up with money in your pocket much sooner. Um, you know, and like we say, with FreshBooks payments, over 60% of invoices get paid within one day, which is pretty great. Um that's definitely not the case with with other methods. So I can speak to that. Um, and you can send and create really professional looking invoices in under 30 seconds with your own branding. You just upload your logo 
and it kind of takes the colors out of it and uh, uses that to brand your invoice and just make it look really professional. So it's not like it's definitely a step up from, you know, emailing a PDF or whatever. And you can know when they viewed it. You can know when they've paid it. You can send out the the automated reminders, which is awesome. I love that. It's like if yeah. if they're one of the ones that didn't pay within one day, then you can just click a button saying, uh, "How about nudge this guy? We're still waiting over here." So. <laughs> that, oh, you just reminded me of one I got to do today. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> someone needs a nudge from Nick. Uh huh. Yeah. So um, from FreshBooks, I should say. Yeah, and they, they've got a great they've got a great mobile app where you can take pictures of receipts on your phone, and then you can store those when it comes for tax time, which makes it a bunch like a million times easier for that. Um, and support, they've got amazing support, which for me that's something I always look for in just about any kind of service like this. So. Any questions whatsoever, their award-winning customer service team is really helpful and friendly, no attitude, and a real live person. No, they're great. We'll yeah. answer in three rings or less. Um, no attitude. Can you imagine? Ugh. Well, they're <laughs> Canadian. Like we always say, that's just that. <laughs> Canadians are just the nicest. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and we, of course, we've got our, we've worked out with them a 30-day unrestricted free trial. Just go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. So again, 30-day unrestricted free trial. Go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. All right. So we have an audio question today from one Mr. Ryan Wheaton. And Wheaton, Wheatons, but Nick, you were <laughs> we're just kidding, Ryan. But Nick, you were actually a guest on uh, his podcast, correct? Correct. Uh, two episodes now. Wow, I know. Cool. I, I can't stop talking about beer. Yeah, the cheating. I can't on stop our talking about beer. <laughs> All right, cool. So uh, let's go ahead and roll that clip. Hi guys, this is Ryan Wheaton, um, graphic designer and host of Branding Brews, a podcast about beer branding and design. Been a great fan of your show and uh, I appreciate all the great insights you guys provide. Uh, I know you've covered case studies in the past and I think case studies are really important to sell the value and quality of the work that you can provide for a client. Having specific data and metrics can really help with, uh, with these case studies. So for example, like redesigning a website landing page might have increased conversions by say like 180% or, or like a packaging redesign might have increased sales by like 160%. So like these are really great statistics that you can, you know, you can prove your value and the value of your work you provide for a client. Uh, I think selling these values as a benefit to a client can be much better than just trying to sell your design work or, or your design skills. In my past experience, uh, many of my clients I've had do not have a high priority in keeping track of these kind of statistics. Um, sometimes they're just too busy or, or maybe they don't have a designated marketing person that, that really values uh, or may even be interested in tracking this kind of information. So I'd be curious to see if you have any tips or you know, any easy ways to like, get your clients to, to start tracking this kind of data. Uh, that way you might be able to start, you know, seeing some of the benefits of your work and then also be able to have some great content to show in your design case studies. Uh, keep up all the great work on the show. I definitely appreciate it. Cheers. Okay, Ryan, thank you for the question. That's actually a great one. Um, I'm a big believer in case studies. I love to do video case studies and all that. So you're, you're basically saying that you want to put all this great data into your case studies for your clients may not be so interested in either looking into it or providing it to you. So um, I can tell you if we're talking about a web dis- website, um, which case studies are perfect for, because there is so much data like that you can mine from. Uh, the easiest thing ever is to just keep access to the website. Yeah. Um, keep access to their analytics. I mean, especially this especially works if you have some kind of ongoing relationship with them. Like, if you're building some kind of recurring revenue, if you're doing ongoing SEO for them, anything like that, then there's always a reason for you to have that access. I keep it anyway, just in case, because they, they'll invariably always come back to you with a, some kind of a, a fix or an update. So it's better just to 
keep that. So you can always go in. And what you what I like to do is just put that Google Analytics widget into the WordPress dashboard. So you can go in there and just see what what's happening. And I, I don't I don't look at at this as spying of any kind. This is kind of doing yeah. your due diligence, like going in and making sure what you've yeah. done is performing. So right. that's the easiest way is just keep the access. And most, mm-hmm. I, I've never really had a client who's taken that access away either. So um, unless they're cagey about something True. or if you have, uh, you know, specifically technical kind of client who really doesn't want you to have access, then it's easy to do on your own. And it's much, yeah. so much more efficient than having to fish around and ask. Because, yeah, people get busy mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah, I think on my side, too, I have to do the kind of the fishing around and asking because there might not be the website data to um, support how our designs have helped the client in a way. And two things I did that were I thought might help uh, Ryan out in this question. First thing I did was I, I, I worked with, when a restaurant that we had designed was all said and done uh, about six months later, we went in and I did want those things for my case studies to say a little bit about it. And we went in and spent a day. I charged like a day rate because I wanted the, the, the client to know how good things were going and what people thought. And I just observed for a few hours at the spot, asked people what they thought, what was their vibe? Did they enjoy their, this, did the, did the environment make a decision on, help you make a decision on choosing this place and things like that. And we got great detail. So I didn't want to like just do it for free, but I wanted to offer it to them in a way and charge a little for it. Yeah. And then it worked out good because now I have good stuff to really talk that I feel is more heartfelt than it is numbers. So to me, I felt like that was maybe a better way to go at it. And then the second Mm. that I did for one consumer goods product that is a client of ours is I just kind of filtered through their Instagram and their Facebook and collected really good positive stuff that people either said about it, uh, how they use the product, do they use it in different recipes, uh, are they getting creative with it? And that was a, a very unique way to, to not only collect what I feel, again, is more heartfelt or more like user experience stuff. Yeah. And when I, when I used it for a new client that had a very similar product, they were like, wow, you, your designs brought an excitement to the consumer and to the customer. And I had a really good way of talking about it. So I, oh, you gotta, yeah. I guess in some ways you got to be different in, based on what you're going after. And I didn't want just like increased sales, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I wanted something a little more uh, specific to the experience and people. Yeah, no, that's yeah. we, you know, and then this is the stuff you can, again, you can use in discovery for the net when you do land that next one based on case study stuff that you've used, you could, you could achieve, you want, that's your, that's the thing you're going to shoot for. That's like the expectation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I like that because it gives me a little bit more to design for because now I know what to shoot for and go, I want the consumer to feel that same way. How do I do it with the new client? Yeah. So no, it's a great, that's what I've done. It's a great tactic because there are going to be times when even with websites where maybe you want to show a great case study, but maybe it didn't like, Maybe the numbers aren't exactly that impressive, but what you can yeah. do is something like that. Do kind of a like, kind of a, a softer point. case study where it's more emotion based. Because sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, sometimes um, people think more with their emotions than they do logically. Um, so if you can have sure. this put together some kind of a user focus group um, and just get people's reactions to the before and after, that could kind of almost take the place of hard data and yeah. for, for certain buyers it, that won't sway everybody, I, yeah. but for the right person, that might be very convincing. So um, I would bet too, that um, there's less of a percentage of success stories that have those numbers that are worth bragging about nowadays. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. many businesses sure. and like someone might be doing great, but they, you're right. Those numbers might not just be, that impressive yeah so find a way to to talk a it's little hard bit to more, say like we, Im- uh, we increase something by 10 percent and being like knocking someone's socks off with that i mean even though that's a lot exactly. it doesn't sound like a yeah. lot to the ever like if you can say 300 percent, that sounds amazing but oh yeah truth is that's not always going to be the case so yeah yeah, yeah. and there's it was only 2.99 maybe yeah and there's there's actually um 
there's a website called usertesting.com that will do videos of people like you pay. I, I think it's like 50 bucks for a video, but they'll find a real yeah. person to go to a website and like perform whatever specified task. So if you could get a few oh, of those, yeah. if you like, if, if you designed a website for someone, you could get them to go pay, a, pay a little bit for invest in the case study, invest in your business and um, have them go to the existing website and tell them what to do and say, eh, and just get that video of them having a hard time with it and then have them go to mm-hmm. the new one and then have a much easier time and show the two videos back to back. That could be kind of compelling or just have, that's cool. Yeah, or, or save money and just have someone else do it, you know, put together a little group of friends or whoever. So, all right. Make it, make it a, make it a party. Exactly. <laughs> I like yeah. that. All right, cool, Ryan. Thanks for sending that in, and we love getting those uh, audio questions. So send those in to questions at thedeependdesign.com. And I want to remind you guys again about the Adobe Live. What are the dates on that again, Nick? October 18th through the 20th. Yeah, they are. Come hang out in with Las us, Vegas. drink with us, You know, do whatever it is people do in Vegas that uh, they're not allowed to talk about. <laughs> But do it with us. Because <laughs> he'll stay there. <laughs> exactly. All right. <laughs> well, with that in mind, keep designing and catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast. Mm-hmm.